0: Be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats, and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott.
1: Dr. Claire Olbricht is a poet and editor from Newcastle, now living on Wiradjuri country in parks. Her poetry has been published widely in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. And she's been a writer in residence across Australia and as far as New Mexico, USA. Claire's published books include Pinky Swear and Handshake, and her poem, The Anna Branch, won the 2022 Newcastle Poetry Prize. We're so lucky to be joined again by Dr. Claire Albrecht.
0: Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. And we have Dr. Claire Albrecht back for her second story. So, welcome, Claire. It's lovely to see you again back this week for your second story. It's lovely to see you again back this week for your second story. Hi, lovely to see you too. Um, well, last week we had a story about you pivoting at, in 2016 to 2019 and making a radical change in your life when you completed your PhD. So, this week, can you tell us what is your second story about?
1: Yeah, sure. My second story, I guess, is um, a follow on from that one. And okay. and it's about, you know, the end of the PhD process, what that felt like, the um, the difficulties of going into the world after something like that. And the journey that I went on um, with my mental health to, to get to where I am now. So, yeah, it's a really important story to me, I guess, because it um, goes through the steps that I had to take to be where I am at the moment.
0: So tell us about those steps. What were those steps?
1: Yeah, well, I mentioned in our last chat that the PhD I was writing and the book that I was writing dealt with anxiety and panic attacks and some difficult feelings. And I guess those were increasing for me in 2020 after the bushfires and while the smoke was still hanging around over our suburb and for anyone who isn't aware of which bushfires I'm talking about these are the big big bushfires that were in New South Wales and Queensland for about five months they were burning and um, in where we were living in Newcastle the skies were red and dark every day and pieces of ash and you know burning materials were falling down from the sky it was truly apocalyptic feeling it was horrible and you couldn't go outside or breathe without a mask that's when I bought my first um, air purifier which turned out to be a useful purchase for a few years after that but yeah it was really affecting me and I didn't feel like I had much to look forward to Once COVID started, I had to cancel a residency that was really, you know, the most important thing in my future that I had to look towards and yeah, things just kept getting cancelled and I started to lose a lot of the, you know, positivity that I had had. And so I started seeing a psychologist and just sort of getting on top of my feelings and being able to talk about them with someone else, which, you know, as a poet, I tend to internalize and mull over and overthink my problems rather than just talking them through with people like a normal human. (laughs) So (laughs) it was an interesting pivot for me to to go into that and to try and learn how to be open and aware of my feelings and yeah to I guess face them head on so I went into that process uncertain of whether it would help or do anything but I did find that just almost immediately I was able to approach things differently i looked into mindfulness and I tried to spend more time finding things to look forward to that weren't necessarily big exciting overseas trips because they're not the only things to look forward to and yeah readjusting the way I looked at what was possible and what was what I could focus on
0: and changing your mindset by the sounds of things
1: yeah yeah I was trying to and it was up and down, you know, sometimes I do really well at it. Sometimes I wasn't doing so well, uh, sometimes it felt a bit like two steps forward, one step back, but it did help. And it got me through sort of that really difficult time. And eventually as that process went on, um, I surprisingly was diagnosed with ADHD, surprisingly, because I'd never thought about that for me at all but it started to make sense after I did a bit of research and some breeding, particularly on um, adult women with ADHD and just sort of went, okay, well, if this is what it is, then let's try and, you know, see how we could adapt my thinking, my, my, um, my life with this context. So that took a lot of work and um, and I guess I I'm grateful that I'd already started that process of, of working with mindfulness techniques and reassessing beforehand, because I just had to do a whole lot more of that. And I still do basically all the time, but it, it changed the way that I'd felt about my PhD process, which was a lot of guilt and, you know, regret that I hadn't worked harder and I hadn't been able to put more time into it. A lot of my PhD was spent sort of not working and <laughs> feeling bad about not working. And then, you know, going, going into a bit of a spiral with that. And the I guess the realization that I'm not in charge of that necessarily.
0: Some of some of those thoughts weren't in your control.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and so
0: Claire, can I just ask you? Could you describe the process of being diagnosed, uh, the process of diagnosis, for you, to us?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can. So for me, it was, I think, a bit easier than other people. Not by anything other than coincidence, but just because my psychologist identified and diagnosed my ADHD and then recommended me to a psychiatrist in Sydney that I was able to get an appointment with fairly quickly. So I went off to Sydney, I went to that appointment and I was formally, I guess, again, diagnosed and given medication to try and that as well went pretty smoothly for me the medication that I was trying actually seemed to suit me really well it was a bit strong I haven't had a coffee in um probably 10 years and so ADHD medication was like oh my god I'm um Extremely powerful right now. I'm going to clean four rooms of my house.
0: <laughs> so because I know because I know you and we are connected on social media, I must now. I and, and not necessarily talking about this, but I do remember the social media posts of you cleaning your house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and not just cleaning, but like power. Changing, like reorganizing, just all of this stuff that I never had the energy to do or, you know, would look at and think about, but never actually get to (laughs)
0: accomplish.
1: Yeah. And that's basically my whole experience of being diagnosed and medicated for this. ADHD situation that
0: suddenly Claire became organized suddenly Claire's disorganized life became organized
1: yeah and the realization that I'm not just incapable and lazy and disorganized but (laughs) that there is actually something going on in my brain that is a wall that stops me from doing those things and it always felt like a wall I was just like how does everyone else get through this wall how do they just do stuff Mm. (laughs) you know it just seemed how come other people's lives just
0: seem to happen
1: yeah it just seemed unfathomable to me that people just get shit done sorry (laughs) um being able to get stuff done in a seemingly regular way and feel more capable and more um I guess confident of myself and my abilities outside of writing some decent poems was really, really important for me to feel like my life in general was in control. So so can you tell us,
0: you are an accomplished musician. Mm-hmm. So the hyper focus that you had on becoming an accomplished musician. And the hyper-focus to an, a brilliant student also growing up, this they were all symptoms.
1: Yep. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. The, the musician part of it, you know, I've always loved, I play the viola and I've always loved that, um, but I would never practice mm. as a child unless for some reason on some particular day, I just felt like it. And then I would practice for ages and I would be super in the zone and I would come out of that having gotten a lot better at the pieces that I was working on and in general sort of gotten through some kind of technique barrier that I'd had, but that'd be every couple of months. The rest of the time, I just, I just couldn't bring myself to practice again, that that wall I couldn't get through. And, um, Yeah, I mean, I I really, I do wonder what might have been different about that if I'd had the ADHD diagnosis earlier, but that's, that's a different, a different world, really.
0: Well, it is what it is. And so here you are now with this understanding of yourself. And so you said earlier too, that prior to diagnosis, you were beating yourself up. What's the understanding of that now? Um, that prior to diagnosis, you were beating yourself up. What's the understanding of that now?
1: Now I am much kinder to myself. Uh-huh. I don't know. It feels it feels difficult to assess because I feel like such a different person almost. Like
0: yeah.
1: that, I my my brain works differently now to how it did then. And it's sad in a way that it was so difficult and painful to do something that I was really passionate about and committed to and did get through and knew I would get through. But it was so hard because of this, you know, difficulty of ADHD in going to tasks that aren't exciting because you've been working on them for a couple of years. They don't produce dopamine. They don't give you satisfaction in the way that you think they should. And even finishing the PhD, didn't feel like it gave me the satisfaction. I, I always thought it would, you know, you work for something for so long, even before I was working on it, I was thinking about how, Oh, it'll be so good to do a PhD and it would feel great to, To have that accomplishment. And it just didn't really feel like anything. And I was so distraught, I guess, that maybe I wouldn't ever feel the satisfaction and joy of doing something wonderful and difficult and amazing by all other people's standards. And that my own just would never, I would never feel that. And I now totally recognize that as part of the ADHD and part of the symptoms of only really getting that excitement and satisfaction from something that's new and interesting. And so I'm just proud of myself, I guess, for getting through it despite that. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can do things that don't feel that they're going to be super, I feel like I can do things that aren't always going to be satisfying the whole way through. Because I know that at the end, even if I don't feel, you know, like there's fireworks going off, <laughs> I'll I'll still have achieved something. And when I'm feeling better and feeling more conscious of my achievements, I can reflect on that and, and enjoy them. And I'm getting better at being proud of myself for the things that I do as well.
0: <laughs> so that, that sense of self is greater and this knowledge that you're your who you are has really evolved since knowing this concept or this diagnosis about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's knowing who I was and having a, having a better set of tools to see who I'm becoming
0: Mm. and
1: to spend more time, not sort of ruminating on myself and my problems. Why am I feeling this way? Why, am I so anxious all the time, but thinking more consciously about myself and where I am and what I've done on the day to day, where I'd like to be setting goals, trying to actually think about how I'm feeling when I achieve those goals, rather than just letting them pass by as well. So yeah, a sense of self and a sense of, being on the journey and keeping track of that journey.
0: So interesting. And and also how has that diagnosis impacted your poetry?
1: Yeah, well I mean I don't write as much about anxiety and uh-huh. depressive things anymore because I just feel better. So that's a real <laughs> that's a real plus. And the you know here's here's a wild thing. I only wrote one poem last year. And I'm not sure that I've written any this year. The one poem that I wrote last year is the longest poem I've ever written because my attention span is better. and It's also, yeah, it's also the best poem I've ever written and won the Newcastle Poetry Prize last year. Oh,
0: congratulations.
1: Yeah. I guess, you know, reflecting on that is interesting because it just shows that rather than writing short poems for the sake of having written poems because i thought that's sort of what i needed to do i write when i have something that i really care about and i really want to write it interests me and i want other people to be a part of it and that shows there's no reason to be hyper productive for the sake of being productive it's mm. it's yeah it's a very different experience for me now writing
0: So it's quality over quantity and it's this is pure from your heart rather than rushing from your head.
1: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I'm finally slowly working towards the ultimate dream that I've always had of writing a novel, which I never, ever, ever thought I'd have the attention span for. Even before I knew about the ADHD, I just... I was like, I, I don't think I can dedicate myself to that for long enough to actually get a novel out. And now I think that I probably could, or at least I can give it a red hot go. So that's something that I've been working on and might talk about um, next time we chat. But yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a different attitude towards creativity in general. And um How it can be enjoyable rather than just, oh, I should probably write some more poems because I haven't done them in a while.
0: So it might be an epic poem. Could be. Could be. Yeah. That's Homer move over.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yes, the modern river. Yeah it will be what it'll be and I think that's that's the main thing for me is that I'm not trying to push myself in any direction anymore I'm just letting myself go where I feel like at the time well I can't wait to hear your third story and I thank
0: you so much for once again being on love your life Tell your story and this is no wonder this is the dedication series and uh, the true grit for the artist because you are a true artist, Claire, and thank you very much for coming on today.
1: Thanks so much for talking with me. It was lovely to do, and I look forward to the next one as well. Lovely. All right, well, I'll let you get back to work, so
0: thank you for coming <laughs> on, and um, oh, I can't wait for the next two. They They're beautiful.
1: Thank you very much. Lovely. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye.
0: Bye. This is only part of our story. To hear the rest, leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen. Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott.